It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like Sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I'm joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And on the phone, Dave Watson. Hello, Fergus. Welcome back. Do you know what, Dave? It's really good to be back. I listened to your two podcasts. I thought they were very entertaining. I really enjoyed it. (laughs) Dave, you are in a hotel room in... This yeah. is as much as me and Paul know right now. You're in a hotel room in Bath, 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 and you're eating Waitrose crisps. Yeah. How has this happened? With, what's going? What's with, going on? With pecorino and basil dip. Um, How are they, both? I'm just down here. It's really fucking. They're really nice, mate. Honestly, I tangy and peppery cheese and jalapeno mix waitrose crisps with pecorino and cheese uh, basil dip fucking lovely but just down here i'm starting a new project i want to know about the hotel room dave how was i mean this must be your first time in a hotel room is it how have how has this happened (laughs) oh i'm 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 being well looked after mate i'm in i'm in a hilton is this a work related thing yeah yeah it's work um, yeah, boring, shitty work, but it's all right. You, Bath's a really nice city. But what are you going to do in Bath? What are you or Bath? What are you going to do? Um, spank the expenses, which I'll be doing every fucking night. Wait, waitrose <laughs> nice. crisps, waitrose mini bar. Now, uh, I can use the mini bar, but you're it's not going much... to. I can tell from your tone. No, it's well. It's just easier, just because I'm going to get um, uh, room service in a minute. Well, in a bit, when, when we finish this, I'm going to get uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get a steak delivered to the room. Get a bottle really? of uh, bottle of uh, I don't know. I think they've got pico de pilo, which is quite nice. So I'm going to have I'm gonna have a day of that. What's going on? I what? mean, for starters, that doesn't go with steak, but fine. Um, You're from Newcastle, nice, Dave. What's happened to you? Uh, well, I went out. I went out yesterday on expenses and got. Uh, uh, went to a really nice like gastro pub and bought a burger for twenty pounds. What? 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> I feel like I have you bought any porn from the TV? <laughs> no, but I have used their Wi-Fi. That's You've fair. You've used their Wi-Fi. Right? How many men do you think have wanked in that room before you, Dave? <laughs> I'm hoping, I'm hoping I'm just adding to like a Jackson Pollock on the ceiling. Hotel and rooms are just wank there. rooms, really, aren't they? <laughs> Go and get a UV light and have a proper look at the room you're in. Yeah, I'm terrified to do that now. But yeah, I, I think I'm contributing. It'll be a vile display of human excellence. <laughs> well, um, if you do... <laughs> If you do get a UV light, Dave, you might find yourself in a situation that I was in once. <laughs> once I was in a hotel room and I got a UV light, and whatever the people had, <laughs> whatever the people had done there before, they'd left like a kind of message for me. <laughs> a human message? A human. Yeah, really? What? What did, what did they say? What it's, was the message? <laughs> It said um, the Newcastle Nara is back. <laughs> Seamless. It said, it said the Newcastle Nara is back for the season by Labrooks. Bet five pound, get twenty pounds. If you deposit, <laughs> if you deposit five pounds, Labrooks will add another twenty to your account. You can get this offer by following the link at bet.newcastlepodcast.com. Oh dear! Oh, Christ. seamless. Did that actually happen? Yeah, that's the <laughs> thing. That is the thing. The thing is, it did actually happen. And something else that happened is that Newcastle United <laughs> played football <laughs> this Saturday against Crystal Palace. I'm so sorry about that, by the way, Nata listeners. <laughs> um, Newcastle United played um, Crystal Palace. On uh, Saturday afternoon, three o'clock kickoff. Rare. Mm, makes a change, yeah. Dave, as I say, I listened to the podcast. You cor- correctly predicted a 1 0 victory. No, I didn't. Oh, no. Paul. One Paul, of us Paul, did. sorry, yeah. Paul. Paul. In did, that case, yeah. Dave, stand down. Paul, yeah. you correctly predicted a 1 0 victory. Congratulations. Yes. But I didn't see the game, so Dave, stand up. <laughs> Okay. Okay, go on, Dave. Um, tell us about the game. It was a bit shit, to be honest. Yeah, like, I looked at it from what I've seen. It wasn't... It was... I think... I think it was a combination of... Uh, Crystal Palace being really up for it. And... Um, uh, maybe... Maybe they're, they're match winners. I've, I've spoken about them before, how they've got, like, Goodbye, Zaha... Townsend and when they're on form you know they can beat anybody because obviously they came into this game off the back of a win against Chelsea so they were up but um, it's what Benitez does you know if no matter how uh, how the other team set up we know we're going to deny them opportunities in, in dangerous areas so we allowed them to have plenty of the ball out wide plenty of the ball in their own half and all the rest of it um, but because Townsend and Zaha aren't strikers, even though they were being played as forwards, all they were doing was just, they, they were running out wide and crossing the ball in. I mean, they put in 18 crosses to no motherfucker. So I don't, like it was, Hossley wasn't great, Perez wasn't great, but we still, I think I always had confidence that we were going to 
come out on top eventually. The so, uh, the XG expected goals yeah. suggested um, 0.8 something for Crystal Palace and 0.3 something for us. Yeah, but they didn't yeah. have a shot on target the whole game, did they? Well, maybe no. Maybe that's because I guess there's that statistical method imagines that there might be some people meeting those crosses that no one did meet, yeah. I imagine. But yeah. um, I mean, it there was like one... maybe they were a little bit unlucky, Palace. It could have gone either way. Uh, yeah, I think the, the trouble is, though, if had they gone up 1-0 up early doors, um, had because there was one particular opportunity where I think Zaha had it in the box and pulled it back, or it might have been Schlupp, pulled it back and... Elliot got on the end of it to cut out the cross, but there were two players waiting to put it in into what would have been a, then an empty net. So perhaps they're taking into account that. But if that had happened, I've total confidence in this team that Benitez would have made some changes, maybe brought Mourinho, Mourinho on a bit earlier, maybe changed um, what Hosloo's job was maybe brought on Mitrovic earlier because I mean basically Hoslu didn't get any change out of uh, Scott Dan and um, Sacco because they're two you know big strong centre-halves so he didn't get a lot of joy and Perez was didn't really get much um, much joy himself so I would have I still even if we'd gone a goal down I still would have fancied us to get someone out of the game I just, it was it wasn't a great game but yeah I think we we were we were Good in, we were good for the win, in my opinion. Okay, it feels to me like we're um, we're a very well organised team right now, um, mm. very good defensively, and uh, we're also maybe it's partly you you earn your own luck, but we're also a bit a uh, bit lucky. It's quite a lucky yeah. lucky goal. Kind it's another of. another goal in which we've scored via the method of allowing opposition defenders to batter the ball against us. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we practiced that in training. I don't know because I listened to it on the radio, which doesn't always give you the best reflection of the game. It seemed pretty even and like it would have been, or it could have easily been nil nil or one nil Palace. But that's what a lot of our season's going to be. It's like the Brighton mm. and Huddersfield games that we lost one nil and probably didn't deserve to. I think there's going to yeah. be a lot of one nil games we're involved in that could have gone either way. Yeah. It's fun yeah, for a while, I agree though, with isn't it? It's fun to pick up these three points. Yeah, seventh in the league. Here, yeah, there, and we? everywhere. I think what you've got, you've also got to look at is that um, the referee was fundamentally not a home ref. I think that he gave Crystal Palace a lot of a lot of a lot of calls that I would have said, like even if they're fifty fifty, you'd expect to get fifty percent of them. He, they were getting all of the 50-50s. And that Kabai stayed on the pitch is a fucking yeah. disgrace. That's the big one, isn't it? When I first saw it, I think I'm just generally quite lenient on um, tackles. I think I'm, You don't I, give many red cards, do you? No, I think I'm quite romantic about the old <laughs> days of football when like assault was essentially legalised. Yeah. <laughs> I'm quite into it, but... Um, I managed about the fifth or sixth time that I saw that tackle. I sort of persuaded myself, no, that's probably not on. Yeah. It's probably best for the legs of footballers that that's not allowed. <laughs> yeah, it was the sort of second leg 
movement of the, it. The, the kind the of pincer, kick. the pincer yeah. movement. Because I, I well, was it, sort it, of with you when I first saw it. I thought, well, I could see why that's maybe a yellow. And you watch it again, you think, oh no, that could have broken his leg, and that looked like the intention as well. Kabai's always had I mean, that in him when he was with us, so it's not that yeah, much of a surprise. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was going to say that it's it's not too dissimilar from the tackle by Harry Kane on Lejeune in the Spurs game, where mm. it's you know from behind. It's that scissor tackle which forces the you know it, it puts like. Um, contrasting like pressure on different parts of the same leg where it can, you know you can really do damage to to a footballer like that and i think i think he was roundly criticized on all of the the roundup shows and the highlight shows and stuff like that and um had it gone un- had it gone unpunished i think he would have had like a red card by committee um the thing but, is I, I accept that maybe things just have to change you know but I really like slide tackles. And when you do a slide tackle, you sort of sometimes just have to take your other leg with you. But I think and you sure also that, have to come from above because that's just physics. But that had more violent intent in it, I think. It, I think that particular It was a good slide did. tackle, but then he followed through afterwards. I think yeah, if John Joe Shelby had done that, then there would be talk of a retrospective ban. Well, speaking of John Joe Shelby... Uh, Kabai did manage to get a face full of John yes. Joe Shelby when we did score our goal. I love that. If you've not seen this on social media, John Joe Shelby chose to um, immediately celebrate in uh, Kabai's face, who Kabai happened to be on the ground at that time. Yeah, so, I love that. Yeah, like I know it's I know it's him being a twat, but oh, that was <laughs> it's the good twatish that. side. Is Kabai yeah. prior to that tackle? Is Kabai hated now? He got booed, didn't he? Yeah, I think he is. It was an yeah, ar- he's not. There was the weird situation, which we've had a few times, of our fans singing One Greedy Bastard to two separate players, which undermines the song. <laughs> <laughs> Kabai and Townsend. <laughs> That's a damn good I point. Think- yeah, I think with with Kabai, like if he'd if he'd left for Arsenal, you know, you know how like Jose Enrique left for Liverpool, and there was criticism criticism for him. Um, but actually, if if you take a step back, you, you do kind of go, well, that that's fair enough that move because Jose Enrique, he could see that that the, the club at the time wasn't going anywhere, and here was an opportunity for him to move to Liverpool. But up until that point, he wasn't really like pushing for a move do you know what I mean he wasn't whereas Kabai went on strike didn't yeah, want to strike because he wanted that. to force a move I forgot so that and then he, he ended up at Palace I thought yeah, it was just it, in my memory it was just we sold him but no he did yeah. really fight to leave didn't he I can sort Which of understand anyone fighting to get out of Joe Kinnear's Newcastle <laughs> to join yeah. Alan Pardew's Palace well no he went to PSG as well yeah. Did, yes. Yeah. But it's but like Townsend. Now? Exactly. Yeah. Well, Townsend didn't force a move. He tried his hardest to keep us up. And when we didn't stay up, he was on the fringes of the England side. So for his career, knew that being in the Premier League was probably, you know, it gave him a better shot of getting into the Premier League, uh, into the, the England team than playing for us in the Championship. So, again, I kind of understand it. And because he didn't try and force a move, I've got no problem with him. Well, really. at least now he gets mm. to know what it feels like to be managed by Roy Hodgson. 
Yeah. Which is um, all you really want, isn't it? On the, on the subject of the sendings off, because I know this came up a lot in the news afterwards, but did you see how long it is since we've had an opponent sent off in the Premier League? And oh, I saw this, but I can't remember it off the top of my head. The last time. Well, I'm guessing it's a long time. January 28th, 2014. Fucking hell. So 1,364 days. And we already but, could have but had to be clear, that's, three red that's cards. That's Premier League games. Yeah. But we could have had three yeah. opponents sent off this season for quite clear red cards, I think. Now, is this just unlucky? I've, I've, oh, yeah. It's the Illuminati. It must be the Illuminati. It's the Illuminati. Yeah. There's no other... What else could it be? I Something think... to do with what Mike Ashley did in a casino with Alan Pardew a few years ago. It's, it's a, I'm going yeah. to tie it into that conspiracy it's all, theory. All referees are controlled centrally by Niall Quinn. That's why it is. <laughs> he's got dirt on the ball. Just like, so it's, it was the Kabai red card that should have been. Um, what, Harry Kane's? Harry Kane, the possible Huddersfield kick in Chancellor oh, Mendes' face. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 you're right, yeah. I'm sure there's been yeah. more. There's the, I mean, it's not, it's, not a, it's not a fucking conspiracy or anything. It's, it is just the wrong ref on the wrong day to see that you know, to see that challenge. Um, Maybe they'll happen. all come at once. Yeah. It's not as bad as last <laughs> season in the championship, where we had a referee who genuinely didn't know the rules of how you, a penalty is retaken. Oh, did you see that Stephen Martin? Oh, yeah. Did, did you see so, that yes, Stephen the referee Martin? Stephen Martin, who did this. Yeah, uh, he's been guilty of idiocy again. He, um... I can't remember wh- what the teams were. It might have been Aston Villa or... I can't remember. It's a team in the championship anyway. It doesn't matter. He gave somebody a second yellow card and that player immediately started walking down the, the tunnel and it all kicked off on the pitch and he had to calm that down. But he hadn't given that player the red. So he'd shown the second yellow, but not the red. So that he then like called the player back who'd obviously gone down to the dressing room to get changed because he's been sent off. So he comes back all the way onto the pitch and then the referee shows him the red card, and he has to go all the way fucking back down. The- How is Stephen Martin in a job? <laughs> so if you unbelievable, what happens if you refuse to see the red? Does it then not count? Is it like being served court papers in America, where if you can avoid being given it, then you can stay on? <laughs> I think I think you get a second, like, uh, like just bringing the game into disrepute or. Um, dissent or something like that. So you get, there's, you know, there's a further caution. I don't know if it ends up in a, in a second red card or it yeah. ends up in a second like yellow or a third yellow or whatever. I don't know, but I, I'm pretty sure you get like, because it is breaking the rules again. So like if you were to side through a player and then get sent off and then swing for another one, you'll get like a lengthier ban. I guess the reassuring thing is we've got a few players who might help us find out what would actually happen in that hypothetical <laughs> that's true um, I have to say I thought that when when he came on I thought that Mitrovic looked busy he looked um, he caused them more problems than they faced when Hosselu was was playing so I don't think he should start but I do think that maybe give him a little bit longer next time hmm. certainly against Burnley who are our next opponents and I mean I'm sure we'll come on to them at some point but I, I really like the way you immediately knew what Paul was talking about there. 
when you said we've got a few players, you immediately jumped straight to Mitchell. Yeah. Um, well, I, I see his prejudice. I, I sure it sickens me. It yeah. makes me very uncomfortable. But he's got a thing against Serbs. psychopathic Serbian players. So yeah. um, I was actually talking about uh, the one we signed from Norwich. <laughs> Jacob, Jacob Murphy. Murphy. Jacob Murphy. Well, this is... Uh, uh, well, I'm now completing that, but I was about to say this is a line of uh, humour that has not worked. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll tell you what we're going to do now is we're going to have a break, and after the break, uh, we're all going to wrap our fucking game. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Welcome back. Sorry about that uh, rather aggressive end to the first part. <laughs> I don't know, I was looking for a punchline. Uh, I listened to the last two pods and you guys were great without me, so... Um, hey, we missed you. Hey, I just I just stay for the friendship. Um, so, something I got going on Twitter the other day, which I found quite amusing... But then I thought, oh, hang on. Uh, I was suggesting, because it, it's been on my mind somewhat, that maybe Rafa might end up going back to Liverpool. No and chance. I immediately got like some like, no, you idiot, that's never going to happen. <laughs> but I think there's a fair bit of logic to it, really. I mean, it doesn't mean um, I think that, that it's more likely that it'll happen than it won't. Mm-hmm. But let me run through. I mean, this is... Take us through your thinking. Things are going yeah. really well. So it's really important to me that I find a way yeah. to make everyone depressed. <laughs> I kind of agree. That it feels weird to be as optimistic as things are at the minute. So it's nice to look for some horrible dark cloud. I think there is a really strong chance that Klopp won't last that long at Liverpool. Uh-huh. I know that for ages, everyone's just been like on this Klopp bandwagon. It annoys me a bit. It just, I don't think he's as good as everyone says he is. And it's now like down a line where now there's just shitloads of people going, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know he keeps losing, but it's that it does not act, doesn't actually count because of these stats. And like he ended his time at Dortmund where he, couldn't win yeah right mm-hmm. and now it uh, it seems to me as someone who doesn't know a great deal about football tactics but it seems to me like he seems like the sort of manager who gets found out after a while people go he's got a very specific way of playing like almost like an ideology that he won't budge from and then once people work out a way of playing against that it's not really sustainable so that's to talk about Klopp. This is a yeah. Newcastle United podcast. I would podcast. Just add yeah. one thing to, not to bang on too much about Liverpool, but I think Klopp's main problem at Liverpool is he's got a shite goalkeeper and really bad centre-backs. Probably. There's a lot of individual errors that in it as well. Yeah. But it is true to say that he ended his time at Dortmund yeah. really shit. Anyway. Uh, so let's, if you accept my premise that Klopp won't last... Rightly or yeah. wrongly, let's just say okay. he sat before the end of the season. Rafa has obviously got a great deal of affection for Liverpool Football Club. Liverpool fans have a great deal of affection for him. He's got a house! 
<laughs> as we always hear, yeah, on he the Wirral. On the Wirral, he like lives there. So, I mean, does he come in every day from training from the house? I don't know. That's it. No, uh, I'd be I'd be surprised if he was doing a Michael Owen and getting the fucking hell. Well, his family li- his family lives there. I imagine he's in a hotel a lot of the time in Newcastle. And he yeah. again, we're going deep into the logistics. He's of doing re- he's doing really <laughs> he's doing really well. I reckon he's in the sort of Hilton style hotel that Dave's in at the minute. I bet he's got the run of the minibar. Yeah, he's doing. Uh, he's, he's doing really I well. He's in the same. He's in the same hotel room as that Wolves team last season. Yeah, yeah. Having fresh Spanish chorizo brought up to him. One for po- one for podcast regulars, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, but he's doing really well at Newcastle. So his uh, reputation has people are being reminded what a, of what a good manager he is. Mm-hmm. If Klopp mm-hmm. gets sacked, surely he will be in the running for the job, and surely he would be interested. He would definitely be in the running, and I think looking at what he's done with our inexpensive, not particularly great defence. In game, like we've got our best defensive record in the Premier League under him, with one of yeah. personnel-wise probably our worst back four that we've had. You imagine if, if anyone could get that kind of defending out of that Liverpool team, the attacking options they've got would be unreal. But I, I don't know if I think he wouldn't go, or I hope he wouldn't go. I think that's the problem with football. That he would choose not to go. Yeah, but I think why? he's. Why would I think a sense think of that? loyalty. I think a lot of that would depend on the takeover as well. If come the end of the transfer window, we've not been taken over and haven't been invested in in a meaningful way. Which, like, history tells us is the most likely circumstance. I don't know. It feels like there's been. I know. So. But it feels like. I didn't under. Right. I'll say one more. Go on. Sorry. Go on, Dave. So my two penneth is, yes, I agree that um, Klopp's future is, it's in doubt. Part of that is because where Liverpool are in the league, um, uh, standing, like wh- wh- like reputation-wise, they're, they're punching in a very, very small bracket. They're not expected to win the league, but they're expected to finish pretty much like Champions League or there, thereabouts. So a season for them where they finish third is actually a really, really fucking good season. If they finish sixth or seventh, that's apparently a bad season for them. The way he's got them playing at the minute, going forward, they're decent. They're not great. They're decent. And at um, at the back, like Paul said, it's personnel-wise that's letting them down. It's individual errors. Like Lovren got sent, got uh, substituted after like thirty-three minutes or something on the weekend. Mm. So it's it's personality-wise. So well, he's personnel-wise, been, he's been there so, for like how long? Must be pushing sure, three he, years. He, but they never signed and, and, defenders for it. Like he wanted Virgil Van Dyke, and they got him Alex Oxlade Chamberlain. Exactly. I think he'll be given this transfer window. I don't think he'll be sacked. Yeah. Before so, the end of this so, season. And bearing that in mind. One of the reasons why they would want Rafa Benitez is because of his integrity and because of the, like, he's a fan favourite and all the rest of it. Well, those very things that they want from Rafa Benitez are why I don't think he would leave Newcastle now. Like Paul says, if we're not taken over in January, or essentially, if he doesn't get to spend money in January, if he isn't backed in January, yes, Rafa Benitez will go. But doesn't history tell us that is the most likely thing that will happen? It tells us it could happen. All I'm saying is, the idea, the level to which I was poo-pooed in my uh, 
a suggestion of something that might happen, I think is uh, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because of the it's because of the the, the, the choice of the words that you, uh, sorry the words that you chose to use, or is like this could happen. You didn't say it was going to happen, but a lot of people would read that as fucking hell. Fergus thinks Benitez is off. So but I think a lot I of the time say, as well, when you hear an idea that you don't want to be true, you yeah. not you specifically, but generally all of us, if you hear that sort of idea, you get very defensive and shut it down <laughs> rather than think yeah. about it. And football fans are For, especially bad at that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For what it's worth, I think if, if Klopp is... I think Klopp will be backed in the window. I don't think he's. I don't think he's at risk as as people think he is, because he's still. You know, they're still. What what are they now? They're they're um, they're ninth in the league, but they're only they're only a win off Arsenal. I mean, they're so below they're not, us. They're not like adrift. Yeah, they're below us. But there's a no of shame wins. in that, though. I look, <laughs> a lot, I accept a lot of dominoes have to fall for this to happen, but mm. you know. Yeah. They all look I think like that's the pretty, pretty likely things to fall to me. I think they'll they'll back Klopp for a little longer, but I I think you're right. I don't think it's that mad a suggestion. I my personal take on it is it would be a bit like when Bobby Robson was offered the England job when he was our manager, and he really wanted to go, but out of a sense of duty, didn't. I think it would be the same thing. I think we're kidding ourselves if we think that. Rafa Benitez has the same sense of duty towards us as Bobby Robson had. I don't know. I'm not sure. I think he's got I don't a think lot of integrity. Yeah, I don't think it has to be... He doesn't have to love us as much as Bobby Robson did, but he, he does he does feel a, a connection to the club. That's, that's, that's obvious. And I think that he would feel like he's betraying us if he jumped ship to, to go back to Liverpool. If he, you know, if, but if he's not backed, and if he's put into a situation where he's like, "Look, I, I, I can do, I can only do so much, and I'm not getting the backing that that I was promised." So, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to. Kevin Keegan leave. ended up taking our board to court. So, I, yeah, I think that. <laughs> yeah, but that I would say was because he loved the club and sure. held yeah. that board. Sure. Well, like the same, the same board are still there. And yeah. let's, uh, which brings us on to the takeover. Um, I, where do we think we are with that? Well, uh, I think it, since the last time g- we spoke, uh, Amanda Staveley and the PCP partners or whatever mm. it is, they've signed a non-disclosure thing now. So they seem to be slightly more serious than last time we did a pod. There's been a lot of gossip about Amanda Staveley's going to buy us and then we're getting hundreds of millions. Four hundred and fifty oh, million was the just, quote over yeah, two just, windows, which I don't think will happen. But that'd be fun. Ignore, though, like, yeah. n- no, nobody has a fucking clue about how much we would get as a transfer window, um, a transfer. You know, like a, a quote unquote war chest. I spoke to somebody about like theoretically what would FFP allow us to spend, and it is a, it is a large sum of money, but. That's that's the absolute limit of it. It's like four hundred million odd, but it's that's not likely. It just conceivably that's the most that we could possibly spend. I think when we're not going to hear anything until they've done the due diligence, which will take at least a month, at least a month, and then because of the situation we're in with HMRC and the tax fraud case, it could go on for a while. But hopefully, it'll get done before. The January window opens. 
Hopefully. That'd be nice. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I, I'm so depressing. <laughs> you really are. Well, I was a, oh, it's God. one of the most optimistic times of the last few years at the moment. Like it's we're, fantastic. We're seventh love... in the league and looks like we might have a genuine chance of being taken over. I think you're right to be sceptical because, well, because of, we have like, been burned facts. before. Because of like, <laughs> like what has happened. I'm like, it's like... You're not meant to get let facts get in the way if you're a football fan. I think it's great how well we're doing. And, you know... And yes, I accept that there's going to be a point... I'd like to think in my lifetime when Mike Ashley no longer owns Newcastle Football yeah. Club. So, uh, you know, that'll, it has to happen at some point. Yeah. But the, I didn't quite, it happened while I was away. I didn't quite understand the news about the club is for sale. Cause as far as I was concerned, it had never not been for sale. It seemed to be oh, a more a direct way of trying to fish out actual buyers we're efficient he's efficiently he's officially got his shit together and put us on gumtree yeah yeah so yeah there's a there's a difference between being open to people who can prove that they're interested and they're not just tire kickers he's open to them coming over but he's not actively looking and saying right i am like i am actively looking and i will entertain anybody who you know, does due diligence, you know, all the rest of it. The people in the know on the now. subject seem to think there has been a genuine shift and we are... That is true. ...in that with a true, good yeah. chance of being sold yeah. pretty soon. I mean, you, you, the other possible consortium news, if you can call it that, a lot of people were putting two and two together at the weekend. <laughs> Did you see in the crowd, as well as England manager Gareth Southgate, yes. which is a sentence that shouldn't exist... <laughs> were Sting and Jimmy Nail. <laughs> I would love to see. I'd like the whole of Ida's own pet cast and Sting to take over the club. I mean, I'm not sure it would be good for us as a club. No, but... But it would certainly no. be great for titles of podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be good for Kevin Watley. Ain't no doubt. Oh. Yeah, very good. There Sorry. you go. Oh, yeah. Well, the only other uh, at one stage song I know- in the, at one stage in the mid nineties, uh, we had Jimmy Nail's mobile phone in our house. <laughs> what? A friend of my parents was like working as his assistant or something, so she had a, like his mobile phone, and then she left it at our house for like two or three days. God, I was we were just excited that it, there was a mobile phone. In the idea house. of being Jimmy, without you belong to Jimmy Nail. The idea of being without your mobile phone for two or three days now just fills you with dread. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's my big claim to fame. Yeah. Did you ring anyone from it? I don't think we knew how. We just... <laughs> you were just humble people. Yeah. Never seen one. I think there was an assumption around that time that that would just cost four hundred pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I just expect the only numbers to be in that phone would be like Dennis Healy and I don't know the Crankies and that's about it. Probably, probably. Well, they were famously his big friends. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm I'm drifting off now, and I, I need to d- be more positive, don't I? Yeah, come on. Yeah, I do. It does seem you're right. It is different. It seems like there's a much better chance of us getting taken over. Why don't we go too far in the other direction into mental optimism? Come on. If we did have a war chest in this next transfer window, who would you sign? 
Great. Fuck. Okay. Is he German? Oh, I mean, so let's say, let's go just... with, let's go with, we've been taken over to the level that Man City were taken over. So like, yeah. who would be our like Robin, Robinho type yeah. buy? Christ. Like Aubameyang? We've been linked with him before. I think he's at a massive club at the minute, but if we could throw money at him and it's the Premier League and all the rest of it, I'd, I'd fancy Obam, yeah. That'd be fun. I think we do need to buy a striker in yeah. January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I heard you two talking about um, Hosselu on the pod and, you know, rightly saying that he should be starting. But it did mm. make me think, Mm, I do wish we had another striker. Yeah, we had a striker who <laughs> scored. It's great that to have a striker who puts in a lot of effort and does a lot for the team and has a contribution. But you kind of think the main part of your job, mate, is putting the ball in the goal. What? what would when you we think bought about Alan Shearer, sorry, go on. What about Olivia Giroud? Because he's apparently terrific. unhappy at Arsenal. Yeah, he's a big, strong, good technically. It's not really getting a lot of game time. Yeah, there's the Chelsea striker we keep getting linked with. Uh, Batshuayi. Yeah, I'd rather have Giroud. Yep, same here. Isn't yeah. he like what? What do we reckon? Is Giroud is in today's market fifty million? Forty, I reckon. 40, I don't know why I've got ten million sure. lower for no why reason. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> what about um, the thing? Is like I, I'd end up if if I if if I sat down and thought about it, I'd end up just doing. You know, football manager wonder kids, so like Anti Koric and Dragovic and and all of this lot that I've seen on Football Manager and they look mint, yeah, and I've seen their names in no. papers and stuff. So no, not like Giroud. I'll take Giroud. I think as um, well. Have a look at Everton. We need a number ten. They have about twenty of them. Yeah, Ross yeah, Barkley just, maybe or someone of that ilk or Sigurdsson yeah. why not I wonder if I, Ross Barkley will end up going the way of like Stephen Ireland might well do yeah yeah that's he a, played good, for that's us, a really good he? shout yeah I think the problem with, with Newcastle well not the problem the, the defining thing about Newcastle is that they all pull together and they all work hard and they're all blah 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 could, are there players out there that we could conceivably attract who fit you know, who are much better technically and all the rest of it and who put in the graft. Cause the only players I think of that do that are players like Alexis Sanchez and Aguero. And I don't think that we could attract that world-class level footballer. No. And the, the level below that's like, you know, Sigurdsson who for all his quality, he's not the grafter. He's not the, I think you, you know. do. I think every level of ability of player though, you do get some of them, who work harder than the others. It's like mm. in his in his time when he was near the top, James Milner was one of those who was sort of fairly top level, but a very hard worker. Lampard as well, Goodness. and Gerard. I think each each echelon of Bellamy. talent. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. we can find some. Pick off some of the Spurs players. Yeah. Oh, just just let um, Rafa Benitez have, have free reign. Mikel Marino, just get like 11 of them and we'll be grand. Yeah. Well, it looks like things are going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> you sound very <laughs> convinced. Oh, misery. shit, yes. Let's talk about the Burnley game. Oh, yeah. So okay. we're playing Burnley uh, next Monday. Uh, yeah. On telly again. On telly. Uh, our last game was against a uh, 
defensive, well-organized team. Yeah. And we're a defensive, well-organized team. There weren't a lot of goals in that game. Uh, we're now about to play another team of that ilk, albeit one in much better form. Yeah. Burnley. Yeah. It's surely one nil either way, isn't it? Feels that way. Or nil nil. It's a weird one with Burnley because last season, was it last season where they didn't win away from home until pretty much the last game? Okay. Yeah. I think it was at Palace. But they were they were just really good at Turf Moor and did nothing away. They seem to have gone kind of the reverse this year. They won at Stamford Bridge on the first day of the season. And now I think the only team they've beaten at home this season is Crystal Palace when they were properly dog shit. And that was only 1-0. So yeah. in a way, it's the best place to be playing Burnley. I think it will be 1-0 either way. And it's just going to be one of those where first goal wins, obviously. My sort of inkling, it will depend as well because there's two Premier League job vacancies at the moment and Sean Dyche is being linked with both of them. I think if there's been any movement on that before the game, that'll have a big impact. That's a good shout. Uh, Dave, any thoughts? Yeah, I, I was just going to echo what um, what Paul was saying. They haven't been great at home, to be honest, and but they haven't really played anybody good at home either. They faced West Brom... Palace, Huddersfield, West Ham. So not exactly... It's not like they haven't won a lot at home because they face Man City, Man U, etc., etc. And we've been like mixed bag, really, away from home. I mean, we lost we lost to Huddersfield, lost to Brighton, drew with Southampton and... and um, beat Swansea. Uh, beat Swansea. But that's it. You know, it's, I, I agree. I think it'll be a low-scoring win and it could go either way. Um, I, if if I were if I were the TV execs, I wouldn't be putting this on the telly because I think it would be a pretty shit game to be honest. I think they're like probably you're aware of that now. They've realised, oh, we've dropped a bollock there. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. There's still two top half teams, isn't it? I think at the minute. It's true, and Newcastle yeah, yeah. do provide a guaranteed audience. It's seventh and eighth uh, going up against each other. We're a little bit better than them in terms of goal difference. I think we scored a, a couple more goals than they have. Um, I just don't think it'll be a very good game. And I'm expecting us to play as we have done against everybody else. Deny them opportunities in goal scoring areas and try and hit them at, at the um, set pieces and stuff. But it's Burnley. So they're going to be good at defending set pieces. They're going to be resolute at the back and I'm I, just to go to the predictions. I'm going to go one nil Burnley. Okay, I think it might still be quite an entertaining game in a in a different sort of a way. I don't think it'll necessarily be a low quality game, so it might be quite an interesting battle. Yeah, um, I'd like to see Marino and Shelby start together. That would be nice. Yeah, yeah. Although I do like Hayden, so it is nice yeah. to have those three central defenders fighting for those two places. Well, the other thing as well is Mourinho... Marino. Marino. For the Spanish under-21s, plays as a number 10, but we've never tried him out there in our team. I don't think Rafa will, but no, I'd quite like to see that option at some point. Although I thought Diame did well when he came on at the weekend. Yeah. He, he did, but it's. I think that was both in... Because he was coming on against tired legs and in contrast because Perez had a bad game, um, I think, I, I, I can't imagine 
Perez not being the player to start. It'll yeah. be Hosselu up front again. I would personally play Marino because I think he's better in the air than Hayden is. And I think Burnley play quite a lot of balls in the air. Um, Shelby will start because, of course, he has to stick with Yedlin and Mankilo on the in the flanks with Richie and Atu ahead of him and Lejeune and Lascelles and Elliot. I, I just I can't see him making too many changes, but Marino in for Hayden. Yeah, I wonder if uh, Gareth Southgate was at the game specifically to watch John Joe Shelby. If that was, I would have thought it's more likely to be Lascelles. Lascelles, yeah. right? Yeah, I don't think yeah. Southgate's going to pick anyone controversial for England because he's basically got the England job by being Mister Squeaky Clean, right? Yeah, but isn't like I know John Joe Shelby's got his um, problems, and he's not like a top player. But Wasper's England need central defenders as well, but they definitely need central midfielders. Yeah, in terms of what England need, Shelby would be the better player for them but I'm quite happy for our players not to get called up for England certainly yes me too now uh, Dave you've said 1-0 to Burnley Paul have you actually have I managed to pin you down I was going to say 1-0 Burnley as well okay so I think I well I'm do that I'm going to be the uh, notorious optimist that I am <laughs> and say 1-1 to Newcastle United FC 1-0 1-0 1-1 <laughs> One one to Newcastle, <laughs> no, covering a lot of faces. No, it? I think it'll be one nil to us. Um, so yeah, I'd like to see a surprise selection, something like Mitrovic starting because yeah. it feels like Benitez has had this reputation of being like, oh, you never know the eleven that are going to be picked, and it feels at the moment we're in a bit of a, a selection rut of you know exactly what's coming. Yeah, I'd like to or see throw a surprise. In, um, Throw in, maybe not start Jacob Murphy, but yeah. throw him in or even Aaron's. But I heard you guys talking about that. It seems that he's in the wilderness. Well, he was but. playing for the under-23s yesterday, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, saw, I saw something about um, how Colback was standing out at that level. You fucking want to hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, he's must be still one of our... Highest paid players. Jack he's Colbert. on at least forty grand. So he's on like yeah. I was going to say nearly as much as Harry Kane, but not anymore. No, no. Anyway, well, what a terrific way to spend an evening. Yeah. Um, thank you very much, Dave Watson. Thanks, guys. Please, just in, how much longer have you got left in Bath? Uh, I'm in Bath until Friday, and then I'm in Edinburgh Monday till Thursday. What's going Ooh. on? Look at you, you jet setter. <laughs> I'm such a prick. Yeah, I'm all over the shop. Edinburgh's a lovely place to spend time as well. Yeah. I know, so is Bath. You, t- you don't you're, know you're born. You go into like <laughs> some of the United Kingdom's most classic cities. <laughs> I've got a mate for work who the only place he was ever sent on business was Romford. <laughs> and it was always at the what's the worst hotel? Travel Lodge. Travel Lodge. It was always Travel Lodge. Uh, breakfast in a bag at the Romford Travel Lodge. Oh, oh God! Are oh, you doing all right, Dave? Yeah. yeah. I still don't really understand what it is you do for a job, but whatever it is, he's a male prostitute. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Well, I've got. I haven't got a clue what I'm doing. So okay, we'll stay safe. 
<laughs> Double the rubbers. You just got to win this yeah. game. Aww. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Paul Doolan, <laughs> thank you very thank much. Thank you very much for your time. My name is Fergus Craig. Don't forget to like us and all of that. Not just in real life, but also on <laughs> iTunes. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. If you're a large organisation involved in managing, purchasing or making decisions on software licences, you need Livingston. Livingston provides the technology and a large team of experts to help you understand what software is installed on your network, who is using it and whether you purchase the right number of software licences to legally use it. This information can help you make smart business decisions when it comes to renegotiating software licensing agreements with large software publishers like Microsoft, Oracle, IBM and others and when budgeting for software spend. To reduce the cost and risk of managing your software licenses, speak to Livingston today about our managed services. Over 50 multinationals across the world trust Livingston to manage their software licenses. Visit livingston-tech.com for more information. What's your thoughts on Fulham? Chances are you don't think about them too much, but nice away day by the river, used to have a Michael Jackson statue, and once did quite well under Roy Hodgson. But that's probably about it, because chances are you're not a Fulham fan. However, if you do know someone that supports Fulham, maybe a mate or a colleague at work, please tell them about the Fulhamish podcast that I host every week looking at each Fulham game as it comes and goes, with a nice bit of quirkiness and humour along the way too. You can find Fulhamish at fulhamish.co.uk, and we're also available on all podcast platforms, including iTunes, Acast, and playbackmedia.co.uk. That's Fulhamish, your weekly independent Fulham FC podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.